Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another wonderful Wednesday episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast, number 332, yet another Tom Cruise blockbuster. My name is Matt, Real Film Nerd extraordinaire, with me as always, my, um, let's see, what's a good one? The Stimpy to my Wren. Mysterious oh, dude, Mike that's Talent. a good one. Yeah. That's real uh, good. I was going to go Cheech and Chong, but I've done Cheech and Chong before, so I'm throwing that out. The Stimpy to my Wren, Mysterious Mike Talent. Hey, everybody. Wow. Yeah, dude, I like that one, dude. That was good. Very creative, man. I'm trying to remember what streaming service has Ren and Stimpy on it, because I started watching it a little bit, and then I heard rumors they're going to make a new, new seasons. Dude, I'm not sure. Man, I get them all confused now. It's actually terrible. Like, I almost have to look up on the internet, like, where things are, because I don't even know. It's it's ridiculous. I just know it's costing me a lot of money every month, and I almost want to just go back to cable. Yeah, they said this would happen, too, and it's happened. Dude, exactly I predicted what they it said. happening, too. Yep, uh-huh, exactly. I said, that's what it is. They're going to get us all in with all this cheap shit. Oh, $10 a month, $20 a month. Now it's like, oh, no, it's like 50 bucks a month. Yeah, but, I mean, we are starting to see some things merge, like, you know, Discovery and and HBO. And and isn't Cinemax joining uh, Peacock or, no, so, something, Showtime? I don't know. Showtime, I'm getting confused. Yeah, Showtime merged with uh, Paramount Plus, which caused Paramount Plus to go up. Not that I gave a shit about Showtime in the first place. I mean, Dexter, I guess, but I haven't even watched the new iteration of Dexter or whatever they have. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's getting real confusing out there. Netflix is saying that everybody has to pay now. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, dude, I had to add another account. So it's fine. It's for my family, so. Yeah, I had to add an account, too. Yeah, it sucks, but, I mean, you know, I want my parents to be able to watch Netflix if they want to. But, I mean, shit, my mom and dad still have cable, and they watch cable more than watch anything else. Especially my dad. He's on Fox News. My mom watches any and all sports that she can, especially Diamondbacks. Why? I don't know. My mom has never been a sports fanatic, but now she loves it. Good for her, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's something, it's it's always changing, right? You know, that's that's something that's always cool about sports. They're, it's always different. You know, it's live. Yeah, I do like watching my Diamondbacks. It's about the only sport I'll watch on TV. I'll watch some football here and there. But if it's in person, I love going to sporting events and watching live. I, I'm not a sportaholic person. I don't know stats and names and all that shit, but I still will go. I mean, I had a blast this weekend down in Tucson shooting the uh, Sugar Skulls. Nice, dude. Nice. Uh, what is the Sugar Skulls? Is that the uh, the Arena League or what is that? Indoor Football League. Uh, Arena Football League is gone, at least for right now. But oh, okay. IFL is kind of taking over. We're... The biggest league to date, and that was also the league that Kurt Warner came from. Nice. That is nice. Yeah, he played for the Iowa Barnstormers. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> yeah, dude, and they have uh, their helmets have goggles on them and stuff. They look like little pilots. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's cool, man. We we haven't played them in a while because they're in the middle, the middle, the the middle west, whatever league. 
I don't know, Midwest League or something. We're in the West Coast. And now that Arizona has three teams, like we play the Arizona teams like all the time, which is interesting because all three Arizona teams are all in the playoffs. And then we play like the California team. So San Diego is a team. Um, the Bay Area just got their team back. They were suspended for a while from the AFL and shenanigans that went on with that. And so they started up a new team. It's the same old team, but it's a new team. Anyway, so yeah, we're on the West Coast, and then there's the Midwest, and then there's the East Coast. Oh, okay. All right. Cool, man. So, Matt. Uh, I know. Time to talk about movies. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you do you want to talk about this, uh, this week's uh, movie if you choose to accept it? Yes, Mike. Uh, that was a good attempt, but this podcast will – uh, self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs> oh, dude, that, 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 that was better, dude. That was way better. So much better. See, that's how you can end it. See, I got it for you, Mike. That's how you can end the podcast. Remember that. Try to remember that. I know it's like 20 minutes from now, but you can do it. I believe in you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then it'll happen. All right. So this week, Mike, we're chatting Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Can we get a title that's any freaking longer? I guess maybe we can, but that's a long title. Basically, Tom Cruise saves the theaters and movies again. Yeah, yeah. This this movie's a this movie's a interesting one. But um, all right, Matt, you want me to roll into it? Of course, man. I want you to break it down. Like I don't know. All right, all right. Like, break out? I no, that's stupid. All right, all right. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, director, uh, Christopher McQuarrie. This is uh, written by Bruce Geller, Eric Gindristen, uh, and Christopher McQuarrie. And this movie starring Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, and Palm Clementif. Oh, come on. Do it, Mike. Just play it on your phone. Just play it on your phone. You said you were going to do it. It was going to be funny. Palm Clemen TF. There, I got it. You got it. You got it. But I, I was hoping you're gonna play it on your phone. It was gonna be funny. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. No. Good job, no, Mike. I, 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 I chickened out, man. All right. So in this movie, <laughs> Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Boy, that really is a uh, very generic. Uh, yeah. It. Super generic. Dude, I was watching some reviews and stuff earlier about it. You know, I I tend to do that after the fact and before the pod just to see what other critics and things think. There's some interesting parallels that we'll have to get to in the spoiler section. But uh, before we jump into all that, Mike, why don't we do a giveaway? Oh, yeah, dude. What do we got this time? Okay, so we are giving away. This is the second part of a giveaway that we did uh a few weeks ago, possibly even a month ago. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. And again, you guys know how I am with my uh, podcasting. So, and the keyboard is loud. So I'm not going to do that. But this week, Mike, we're giving away physical copies, Blu-rays of uh, Scream 6. Oh, nice, dude. Scream 6. That's great. Mike, have you seen this yet? So I did recently watch it, and uh, I liked it, dude. It was it was a little bit of a different take, um, but it was good. It, it has um, some new up and coming actresses, so it, I, I liked it. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to see it. I know it's on uh, one of the streaming services. I think it's probably Paramount Plus, 
But uh, I, do you think is that where you saw it, Mike? Uh, yes. Yeah. I I don't remember which streaming service, dude, because I do get them confused. But I think it was Paramount Plus. I'm pretty sure it was Paramount Plus. But I haven't seen it yet. I've heard great things. My nephew saw it. Um, I had some friends at work that usually don't see movies went and saw it just because of what it is. They're fans of Scream. And they said it was actually really good. So I would like to sit down and watch this when I have time. But uh, when that is going to be, I don't know. Because I have a hard time getting in our weekly movie, especially when it's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. That's two hours and 45 freaking minutes long. That's right, dude. I, it it is a lot of time at the theater, and I don't know about your theater, but my theater likes to tack on quite a few trailers. Which I don't get me wrong, I love trailers, but when it's like twenty minutes, it's a little bit too much. So Harkins luckily has stayed the form or stayed true to themselves or whatever you want to want to say. Um, do you know how many trailers you did when you were working at Harkins back in college, Mike? Like how many minutes? Um, I believe it was between five and seven and a half minutes because sometimes the trailers are kind of long. Like some of them, like long trailers are like two and a half minutes. Yeah. So they try to keep it. And I talked to the people last time I was there between 10 and 15 minutes tops for trailers. Nice, dude. Nice. And that's including like the Harkins logo and the popcorn and the flying coke and all that crap and their you know spinny thing that says harkins yeah that's like total for everything now my parents go to uh cinemark down in sv which you coincidentally also worked at cinemark is up to 25 minutes of ads and previews and it drives my parents insane so yeah i i uh, i often frequent a cinemark in my area and uh yeah it is a, it's a long time. Like you can show up late to the movie and you never are late. Dude, right. I've shown up to Harkins. Like, okay, I, uh, screw it. I'll own it. I'll own this. Even though I need to do the giveaway, I'm going to own this. I showed up late to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning because my buddy wanted to go early and I had to race from work to the theater, which is in another town basically. And um, I showed up at the theater at like 6.03. The movie started at 6. We walk in, get our tickets, get our drinks, get our popcorn, do all that stuff, walk in the theater. Literally, as we're sitting down, the movie starts. Wow. You did show plate. Yeah, that's good timing, though. I didn't have to watch all the previews, but I like previews because I like to see what's coming out. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I like it to a point, but like uh, it's gotten a little bit too extreme uh, sometimes these days. Oh, especially when they have the same ones over and over and over and over and over. But that's one thing that's kind of cool about YouTube. I've done this. I haven't done it recently. Um, there's a channel on YouTube that'll take all the new trailers for like, say, a month that or like the movies that are coming out like in July. And it'll put all the trailers back to back to back. Not like all the trailers for each movie, but one trailer for each movie. You can sit there and watch trailers for an hour. It's pretty cool. Yeah, wow. That's a lot of trailers. <laughs> it is a lot of trailers, but it's literally every single movie for that month, which during the summer, it's like an hour. So anyways, enough of that. I need to give away some Blu-rays here, Mike. We got to do this, all right? All right, let's do it, Matt. Okay, here we go. Here's my business. Bring home Scream 6 on 4K UHD disc now. Ghostface is back and more terrifying than ever on a rampage in the Big Apple. 
Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, and Courtney Cox star in the, in the sensational slasher hit Scream 6, directed by Matt Bettinelli, Open, and Tyler Gillette. Get over an hour of killer bonus content when you buy on 4K UHD disc. Available at participating retailers, uh, Scream 6 is rated R, and it is, again, from our good friends at Paramount Pictures. So that makes me say I'm pretty sure it's on Paramount Plus, too. Yeah, dude, 100%. But like I said, I still am a big fan of physical media. I have lots of Blu-rays, uh, 4K UHD discs, which are, I guess, Blu-rays, but not, but are, but not. Um, I don't have a 4K player. I have an Xbox, so I put them in there. But uh, I love all the bonus stuff. Dude, you get hours of bonus stuff on Blu-rays. And you know the nice thing about physical media? You always own it. If the streaming service sells the property to another company you might not have, or say they just delete it, you might not get to watch it. With a physical disc, you can watch it whenever you want. Yeah, dude, that's true. That I mean that 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 uh, bonus content, man. Some of that stuff's really neat. Like, and and they've been making movies now for quite a while. No, with with in mind, uh, with that in mind, the bonus content. So they're always coming up with like cool things to throw in there now. Well, and they like hire like full on documentary crews to do basically a documentary for the behind the scenes stuff on the filming of the movies especially the big ones like John Wick and I'm sure Mission Impossible, especially that crazy ass stunt, which we'll get to later in the mo- in the uh, review. But yeah, uh, dude, I love all the bonus stuff, especially if you're a movie buff like you and I. I love that stuff. Yeah, dude, it's, it's really, uh, it really can enhance, uh, you know, your experience and understanding of how these things get made. Yeah, and how crazy some of these actors really are, especially you, Tom Cruise, Mr. I do my own stunts at the age of 60. Wow. Yeah, yeah, impressive, dude, impressive. All right, so let's do this quick so we can get to your segments and then we can get into the spoilers. We'll just make it not super quick, but quick enough. Mike, um, first impressions on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, so I thought the uh, subject matter was uh, very apt. Uh, I thought it was a, a pretty uh, interesting subject in this one. And then uh, I, I really liked watching, uh, you know, Tom Cruise run in a suit. Um, That was the uh, the cool big sque- sweeping shot on the uh, top of the airport, right? Well, he's running in this in this movie a lot. So there's yeah, just true. like a lot. It's, it's to like give you that hurried pace i mean it, it it is pretty intense the movie like it's it's pretty fast pace even though it's two hours and 45 minutes or whatever 25 yeah 43 minutes 43 45 is close enough but yeah 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 uh yeah um, dude I, i'm exhausted i mean i don't think i've walked even fast for years and so him running all the time and me being half his age no not half his age anymore but uh you know close to half his age i'm just like wow I am a slacker. Uh, I suck. But again, he just has to do movies. He could do all this cool, fun stuff when he doesn't have to do movies. That's the benefit of being like a famous person. You make so much money that when you want to take time off, like you can, and you can go do the cool shit. Like, um, I don't want to get too off topic again, but um, I'm listening to uh, the Anthony Kiedis scar tissue book again. Oh yeah. And like, trips and shit he's gone on are just mind-boggling 
Like th- when they're not like recording and not touring, he's like, yeah, I went to Thailand for two and a half weeks. It's like just on a whim. Crazy, dude. I wish I could do that. Oh yeah, man. Did I, I remember when I read that book he was talking about, he, he, uh, he wanted to get property in New Zealand and it was such a pain in the ass. And and he did. Yeah. He yeah. did. But, and but the, it, it, it was hard. And the funny thing is, is, um, uh, the uh, property he bought, like the one day he went there, was like bright and sunshiny and great, and he couldn't understand why nobody was selling it. And he bought it, and like it did nothing but rain, <laughs> like at that property the whole time he was there. So, anyways, anyways, back on topic: Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Mike, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't think it's the best Mission Impossible movie ever, but I really liked it. Um, I have a couple nitpicky things that I'm not super happy about, but not not too bad. Mostly kind of story, plot holes, and length of the film. But 90% of this movie was absolutely fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. Haley Atwell, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with her character. I absolutely loved what they did with her character. I loved how well she played it. The chemistry between her and Tom Cruise is fantastic. And if you hear any of her interviews or stuff talking about Tom Cruise and working with him, she was very intimidated by him because how well known he is and how big of a star he is. And, but she's knocked it out of the park. Like they just gelled and you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, this, this movie was, um, this was a lot of fun. It's a lot of action. And yeah, the the chemistry was there with uh, Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell. I, I I like I like the, the this movie. I, I don't know probably because the uh, subject matter was pretty cool about the uh, the the AI stuff. But spoilers, uh, I Mike, can save spoilers. That. I can save that. Okay, all right. Well, it is in like the description and stuff. But yeah, we'll get into more details because. Uh, that's one thing that's very, very fascinating in the story and how they wrote it with the AI and what all goes on without spoiling it. There we go. Yeah. Boom. Anyways, my recommendation, if you don't want to get it spoiled and you're listening, which I don't know how many of you do that. Some of you might, some of you might not. I say, go see this in the theaters. Don't wait. Um, go see it while it's still out, especially if you can see it in like a IMAX or something. This is a, Action movie to action movie to action movie. It's fantastic. It's designed for big screens. The stunts are huge. The set pieces are huge. The cinematography is good. It's not like anything earth shattering. It's great for an action movie. You got to see this one in the theaters. Period. Yeah, man. This is a this is a movie theater movie, and uh, it, it was awesome. And Matt, on on your movie, did did like Tom Cruise and the director thank you before it started or whatever? Yeah, yeah, they had the the obligatory. And what's interesting is that started with um, what Top Gun last year, and they just keep it going, which is fine. I mean, I like that. You know, there it. I don't want to say that it seems like they're being humble, but it seems like that's what it is. Like they're just. I don't want to say pandering, but it kind of feels that way. But maybe Tom Cruise and the director genuinely do care about their fans, and I think that's why Tom Cruise keeps doing his own stunts, and they keep doing like stuff in person, like the action sequences are in person. They're not CGI. The car chases are real. All that stuff is real. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was watching, you know, and it's it's funny because it's like I've seen, you know, uh, some of the Fast and the Furious movie stuff, you know, lately, and and a lot of times when there's some big action scene, you know, the camera like pulls back because they don't want you to be able to see the the stunt actor or whatever, and you know, and they're trying to cover it up and stuff. But on this one, they're like right there. The whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like It's Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell in that car. Oh, yeah. She even talks about it. I mean, I don't want to say what happens in the part that she talked about, but uh, we'll we'll get to that. Spoilers. But um, for instance, uh, uh, I was listening to someone talk about it where uh, the latest Indiana Jones film, um, the car chase with the tuk-tuks, like a lot of that is CGI. Like the tuk-tuks are just in the green screen room. Oh, that was a fun scene, too. I know. I really liked that scene. I thought it was a lot of fun. Now, some of it was probably real, but not like Mission Impossible real. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, anyway, Matt, I, I, I better get down to what are you drinking this fine morning, evening, or afternoon? <sighs> well, Mike, thank you for asking. Again, just nothing fancy. Just celebrating Tom Cruise with a little Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Okay. All right. Very good. I am drinking a pale ale, Matt. This is uh, Sweetwater's 420 pale ale. Is that the same one from last week? No, it was an IPA last week. Oh, okay. But I've heard Sweetwater's before and I've heard 420 before. Does it taste like weed? Uh, No, I think it's named after like a highway or something, but um, there is a beer. It's it's called like... uh, g13 or something and it's like it's like a weed beer it's weird huh well all right mike your favorite section of the entire podcast other than you know talking to me mike what is this week's amazing dad joke i got dad jokes i don't think they understand though gotta think i'm funny other people never laugh though dad jokes all right dude this one's pretty I mean, you'll you'll get this one. I know you will, man. This is this is gonna just roll off of your tongue, dude. That's a lot of confidence, man. I I don't know if I can handle that kind of pressure. It's right, like well, jumping let... a motorcycle in off a mountain. Okay, well let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, if you have a parachute, you're okay. All right, what what explorer was the best at hide and seek? Oh, Marco Polo. There you go, dude. Yeah, that was an easy one. Lame. Yeah, seem confident. Confident. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I was going to say, speaking about lame, but I still like the MCU for the most part. How does Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, well, Matt, um, this one's pretty easy, which, you know, you already mentioned last week. But uh, one of your future ex-wives is uh, Haley Atwell, and she was in uh, Captain America, the first uh, Avenger, uh, as Peggy Carter. And she's in Captain America, the, um, the Winter Soldier. Ant-Man, um, Multiverse of Madness. She was Captain Carter. Uh, she's in What If. Anyway, she's in a lot of stuff. 
And then uh, the other one is uh, Palm Clementif, uh, who uh, is Mantis in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2, and or actually just Volume 2 and Volume 3. Yeah, she wasn't in the first one. And yeah. then uh, a couple of the Avengers and all that other stuff, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Anyway. Holiday lot, special, lot, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. This one was this one was easy. You know, I, I like an easy one. So that, that's cool. And it is what I've heard about you, Mike. You like them easy. <laughs> you know, that that that's that's true. He's <laughs> just trying. Trying. Sorry, Mags. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry, Mags. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Mike, let's go ahead and move on to said spoiler section for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, so this is an interesting little tidbit of trivia I found out. So the first Mission Impossible was filmed in 1996, or came out in 96. I don't know if it was filmed in 96. John Voight was the main bad guy i guess i can spoil that now he was the main bad guy but he's also the leader of the team back in 96 for mission impossible the first one okay john voight was i think a year younger in that film than tom cruise is in this film wow yeah if that puts it in perspective that's pretty wild huh it is wild dude because yeah john voight didn't do any stunts or anything yeah, i guess some but not like this i mean Tom Cruise, they if you watch the feature at which they've been promoting like a motherfucker before this movie came out, where he jumps the motorcycle off a mountain, Tom Cruise yeah. did that six times. He did that six times? Six times. Here's what's even more interesting, and this is kind of under the table, but it's out there. I, I don't remember who, where I heard it from, what YouTuber or whatever, but basically the director... Uh, Christopher McQuire and Tom Cruise or told Tom Cruise we're shooting that scene first out of all the production because if you die we're not going to make the rest of the movie well yeah that, uh, I mean that, that makes sense right yeah because it honestly was that freaking dangerous but he did it six times and my mom listened to some research or whatever and said he practiced jumping out of airplanes hundreds of times according to her preparing for the parachute jump and all that stuff but yeah i mean dude crazy i i wouldn't think about doing that shit as a 20 year old let alone a 60 year old and he did it six times i don't know man i mean he what mission impossible i don't even remember which one where he was on the plane the c-130 yeah that was awesome yeah, and it took off and stuff. Like, that was really him. And, like, they strapped him on and everything. Like, dude. Do you think that was more difficult or as difficult as the motorcycle jump? Um, I don't know. That that might have been more difficult in some ways because it's like you're just strapped on to, a, a, you know, a plane and you can't really... I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I can see that because mentally, you know, once the jump and the parachute opens, like you're like, it opened. I'm good, you know. But on the C-130, you're on that son of a bitch as it takes off and then as it circles around and lands. Like you're not going fucking nowhere. 
Like you're stuck to the side of that airplane, no matter what happens. So I could see that one being a lot more mentally taxing. To me, that one seems a little bit crazier um, in some ways. But I mean, uh, you know, the last uh, Mission Impossible, um, he was he was flying around a helicopter and, you know, he was really flying it like that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we talked about it. I think we reviewed that one, didn't we? I don't remember if we did. We did. Yeah, I thought we did. Um, He talks about it in the behind the scenes stuff on the Blu-ray, of course, Um, that he had flown many airplanes and he'd flown helicopters a little bit here and there. But he like had to go and learn how to fly a helicopter like intensively to be able to do that. And he did. Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's Tom, Tom freaking Cruise. It is. It is, dude. I just, I, he's a fucking nut job because he's a Scientologist, but he's like one of our last, like true, like action hero superstars. You know, he is like, he's like the end of a like dying breed almost, you know? I mean, we got Keanu Reeves with John Wick, which I don't know if you saw that. They said officially that John Wick five is in the making and he is going to be in it. So we'll see. Oh, well, hopefully it's just like a flashback or something. Yeah, yeah, it might just be a flashback or something, or I don't know, but we'll see what happens. But they did greenlight it because, you know, John Wick just prints fucking money like Fast and Furious. Well, John Wick 4 really did do really well. I think it did better than they thought it was going to do. I think it did better than all of them, like opening weekend. Yeah, much like did. this movie. Like I don't know if you looked up the stats on this, but uh, this is the highest-grossing Mission Impossible movie opening weekend. Oh, um, I, I I got a lot of mixed reviews when I was reading about the in like. Uh, I read three hundred and fifty million is what I read. Okay, worldwide, right. um, worldwide, not not U.S., just worldwide. I did. Um, I, I I watched this. this is kind of funny, man. I watched this on Tuesday night. I know it came out freaking Tuesday night. My mom went and watched it on Tuesday night. I went on Wednesday, which I have no fucking idea why they got away with that. But hey, whatever, that's fine. I mean, they, 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 they. I think what they were trying to do is give themselves some space, but before uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie came out. Yeah, dude. Well, and we will be watching one of those this week and the other next week, hopefully, um, pending vacations and things. But. Uh, you know, Mike, I I really enjoyed this movie, man. And I think, again, super spoilers here. Um, I think having the villain not be a person was genius. And especially for our current time period right now, it's even more relevant. Um, if you take that and you do it like 20 years ago, it, it just kind of seems kind of hokey. But right now, like with chat GPT and all that other shit going on. It's very realistic right now. Oh yeah, dude. It was well done. It was well done too. Like how, you know, it would predict different things and like it knew that the characters would do stuff and they had to like try and out, like out predict what it could predict. And, and, and it really didn't. Um, I, I thought that was very creative. The, there was only like one time that, you know, kind of, they kind of win, but for the most part, not really. It's, it reminds me very much of like, um, 
maybe a long stretch, but maybe like very matrixy. Like, you know, although that was like machines and robotics, but those are also where AIs. And in this, though, the AI doesn't talk. It doesn't try and do anything. It just does its shit. It has a um, a villain, I guess you would say, like servant or religious fanatic. I, I'm not surrogate sh- kind of. Yeah. I don't know. Man. I'm not sure exactly what he is. And I think that's one of the problems in the film. Um, Gabriel. Which he's a fantastic actor. His name is—I'm going to butcher it—but it's, uh, I believe, it's Isai uh, Morales. He was uh, the villain in the Titans TV show uh, for Deathstroke. He's a pretty dang good actor. I think he did a really good job in this film. But the thing is, is you just don't know enough about him or where he came from or what's going on. And then he did something in the past. We're seven movies in, and he did something in the past to Tom Cruise's character that nobody knew about until now. Seven movies? Like, really? That I think that's just bad story writing, but that's me. I think there was a lot of examples of kind of bad story writing. Like um, the intro with the submarine, all that shit was cool. But it's like, oh, hey, look, the two most important officers on the ship oh the the submarine sinks and all the bodies float to the surface and luckily they have the keys and luckily they have this and luckily we got it's just too coincidental you know i I think it's just it's too i don't know that's one of my problems well the 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 one character the gabriel character uh that was a bit of a stretch but they needed to have a way for you to manifest how to deal with people in the real world that, you know, like the computer can do a bunch of stuff. Right. But like, how do you go and do these things? And so like they needed a, a, a person or, or, or several people to be like, I guess, disciples kind of, of the machine, you know? Yeah. And I get that. I get that. But it just didn't, it it wasn't great. Again, it's almost like we can't judge those kinds of things because this is only a part one. And so we might get a lot more answers here in part two. And I don't know when part two comes out, but maybe we'll get it a lot more fleshed out. Well, I mean, with the writers and actors strike, uh, we, we, we may not get it unless it's been filmed already. Yeah, dude, that's tough, man. I, I wasn't sure if we were going to touch on that topic or not, but, uh, you know, that's one thing I I talked on the radio a little bit about it on Friday and I was telling explaining on the radio like we're good for the summer. Like everything that's going to come out in the summer, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Mission Impossible, all that stuff, we're good. It's all coming out. You know, it's all been done, it's all ready to go. They just got to kind of, you know, put the finishing touches on it and pump it out. Where we're going to start having problems is the winter and spring and summer of next year because that's when everybody would be doing the writing and the filming and all that stuff for those films is right now. And so next year might be kind of shitty in the theaters. Yeah, like the theaters don't need any more uh, problems, but it looks like, I don't know, this strike looks like it's going to be a long one, man. I I don't see, it doesn't seem like either side wants to give, uh, remember Matt, we, uh, what was that 2008 when there was a writer uh, strike or 2009? It was, when was it, it was 2008, 2009, something in there. Yeah. Last time. Right. 
Yeah, I remember I was watching this show called Chuck, and uh, after the writer's strike, I watched it, and I was like, what in the heck happened? It was just, it's like it lost all of its momentum, and I don't know, man. So I remember there was some weird things that happened with shows, like just stuff ended. Well, I, you know, I fully support everyone that's striking and protesting and do all that stuff because I do believe everyone deserves a living wage. I 100% agree with that, especially in Hollywood. The people, and again, this is what I touched on on uh, the radio as well. The people that I'm concerned about, though, right now, it's great that the actors joined in are helping out because they're the ones that bring the really bring the the focus to it. Um, people know who writers are; they don't really know them by looks or by you know talking and things unless you're a big fan of movies like we are but having the actors there is going to really bring more of a spotlight on all of it but the people i really really feel bad about right now is that everything's shut down the people that are really at the bottom of the totem pole the production staff the grips the people that run cameras they're all sitting there on their hands not making money either and they're really going to be hurting too so I kind of feel bad for them, but I 100% agree that, you know, everyone deserves a living wage, too. It's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, you know, you want everybody to be taken care of, and, and it looks like uh, some of that stuff is not going on, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with streaming. They're trying to, they're trying to cut corners here and there and uh, optimize they're, they're programming, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, and uh, some of it actually has to do with AI as well. I don't know if you know about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, AI is in there, but I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with like revenue sharing and stuff and how that goes. Yeah, oh, definitely, of course. Um, especially from, you know, the new kids on the block, you know, like Netflix and, you know... Um, Hulu and stuff like that. Not the not the studios that have been around forever, like Paramount and whatever. It's all the it's all the new content creators that are kind of uh, they're going after. Yeah, for sure they're they're trying to you know make sure everybody gets paid and 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 the right way, and they're not cutting people out and stuff. And um, with the writers, apparently they do some some uh things where they just don't even have like a whole like staff of writers they just take like one writer and tell them to write everything like it's just a lot different for um how things should be and then so we'll we'll see how they have been for years generations yeah yeah, this might be the summer of strikes, though, Matt. Like, uh, UPS is looking like it's getting ready to strike. Yep, yep. Uh, Southwest uh, pilots, I think uh, there's another airline, I think, is also getting ready. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. It's going to be a bumpy year, man. It's going to be a bumpy year. I'm already feeling the pinch pretty hard on my side in the real estate market. The economy interest rates are going to hit 8% here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we're not, you know, financial advisors or any that kind of shit for sure. But uh, I just say um, hold on to your butts because we're in for a hell of a ride for the rest of 2023. That's that's for damn sure as far as it comes to the economy and getting our goods and services and all those fun things. So. 
Anyways, Mike, back on topic, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, is there anything else you want to add about the movie other than it was absolutely fantastic? I loved it. Uh, everyone did a good job. You know, one thing I was kind of sad about, the, there wasn't a whole lot of Vin Rames or Simon Pegg in it. Um, I think one of the best scenes in the movie involves them, though. And I really, really enjoyed that whole set piece, the um, airport scene. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, the airport scene was really good. And it was interesting. Um, it, it makes sense why they're not in the movie, and they kind of explain it. You know, they they have to kind of cut off communications for a lot of stuff because everything's driven by computers, and, well, the AI is there. So they're trying to, like, go underground. And um, it was interesting when they set up, like, an all-analog, like, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, like headquarters, like the government did. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Well, I heard um, a, that was fun. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, that, I thought that was fun. Um, so uh, it, it, it is um, a little bit devastating. Our connectedness is uh, could be used against us for sure. Oh, easily, easily, especially our dependency on electricity. Especially right now in Phoenix, where it's 118. God, dude, it was so hot, man. I was down there yesterday. It was 118. It was brutal. But my thing is, anything like 105 plus, it's just fucking hot. Like, I don't notice the difference between 105 and 118. It just is fucking hot. Yeah, dude, that's really hot. Like, uh, you can't even touch your steering wheel if you parked outside, right? Yeah, it's the gr- it's the best time to have a black on black on black car. That's all I got to say. No, it fucking isn't. It was a miserable. It was so hot. But my air conditioning works like a champ in that bitch. So I was happy for that. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're a pilot, right? Yes, you're sir. Hyundai. Yep. yep. Yeah, my yeah. new work car. But anyways, okay. So one thing I heard a theory about why Vin Reams and Simon Pagan aren't in it a whole lot. Remember, they filmed this movie a few years ago. Like, it's just been going through hell because of COVID and everything else. Um, the theory I heard is that uh, they filmed their scenes like Vin Rames and Simon Pegg. Again, just a theory that uh, they did it during COVID. And that's why you see them in, by themselves and in rooms and on their own, because they could do that with COVID and not get in trouble by the government or whatever. Oh, okay. So that makes sense to me when you think of it that way. But again, the way they explained it makes perfect sense, too, because the AI, if it's hooked into everything, it can track you everywhere because there's literally cameras everywhere, monitoring devices in your pocket. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. We've we've got a lot of things that, that help track us. So anyways, all right, Mike. Well, what, what else would you like to add about Mission Impossible Part 1? Are you good? Because I know we're going long. We're going real long. I know you're tired. You're getting sleepy. But I want to make sure you get, you know, your points in that you want to make on this film. Uh, Well, I just had a great time watching this. Like I said, uh, Tom Cruise running. Um, I really like the car scene in this. It was was fun and it was very well done. Um, I thought it was really cool. I mean, I, everything to do with the action in this movie is just, of course, top-notch and really well done and planned out and awesome. Oh, well, let's touch on that because we didn't even talk about that. That car scene was amazing, especially how it was a, um, a Fiat. That was just hilarious. 
and how tiny that little car is and how they crammed in there. Like I couldn't even fit in that car. I'd have to put it on, you know, like a dress or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, dude. It, yeah, it, it was fun though. And it worked because in a small European city, that's like exactly what you want. Oh, it's perfect. It was zipping through all over the place and it had a electric motor that was over torqued and whatever because it was a special like mission impossible whatever imf car or whatever which i loved bright yellow it's like yeah that's not gonna hide and the setup for it where they walk up and i think it was a was it a aston martin or like a ferrari or something and he oh yeah there's some super nice sports car and, and then it's that yeah there's a super car literally next to it and it's it's the little mini fiat thing and that was just absolutely hilarious really funny but I like that scene. That scene was fantastic. Um, the motorcycle jump was very, very good. The airport scene was very good. Um, most of the train stuff was cool. Some of it was kind of coincidental. Like when he comes smashing through the side of the train out of nowhere to save spectacularly Haley Atwell's life. You know, that was a little much. But I'll, I'll give him a break. It was cool. Um, the part that I really liked and thought was really neat, but also kind of annoying at the same time was the train falling off and how they had to keep climbing up through the cars. Like it was cool. Like the first couple, but by the time you get to like the fourth one, you're like, we fucking get it. Like you could have just done two of them and been done. So I think that's one area where they could have trimmed some fat for sure. Yeah, well, I think I think they were just trying to drive home the point that the the AI is really trying to make sure that he didn't make it, and the best way to do that was it figured uh, it figured he'd figure out how to stop the train. So why not blow up the bridge? Right, and and like you know it was real close to you know. So a- a- anyway. Yes, Matt, you're right. I mean, uh, I like the little piano thing. Like, they could have kept that in. Like, it could have been, like, the first part, and then they got into the piano car, and then it could have cut to the rest of the movie. I just just think it was just, like, repetitive. Like, too repetitive. Like, two cars, good. We get it. We understand. And they really did that. Haley Atwell talks about it, how she was really scared during that part, and Tom Cruise really helped her through it. Cause she, they're like dangling. Granted, it's you know green screen and stuff, but they're still dangling like vertically in like a train car. Like she said, it was wild, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it it looked great. So uh, yeah, good job. They did a very good job overall. This mo- movie is fantastic, and you will see that in my reels, Mike. So, how many reels do you give Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One? Uh, I'm going to give it four reels out of five. I had a great time with this movie. Four reels. Wow, Mike, guess what? I am back on top. I give it four and a half. Whoa, four and a half. Whoa. All right, Matt's back on the top. Back on top. Now, I don't think it's as good as the last Mission Impossible. I think that one is probably the best one of the entire series. I'm spacing on the name. Is that Rogue Nation? Uh, Rogue Nation? I don't remember. Yeah, I th- I think so. I-, I don't remember. Mission Impossible 6. Whatever that one yeah. is. That's the one I, I think, think is probably the best of the series to date. Okay. I-, I just, fantastic. Even though I love Haley Atwell. But, oh, okay. So here I just, this picture just popped up and it just reminded me. Um, You can draw parallels between this movie and Indiana Jones. 
especially in the stories. Really? Well, okay, think about it. There's they're hunting for a MacGuffin or an item. They're hunting yeah. for that in Indiana Jones. You have the old retired face of the franchise, Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford. He's you have a young female pr- protagonist kind of taking over, Haley Atwell, Phoebe Waller Bridge. You have the the tuck tuck chase, you have the Italian chase through the streets. See the parallels? It's not one All part right. of a MacGuffin, it's two parts. There's two parts of the key. There's two parts of the Dial of Destiny. Oh, yeah, man. All right, all right. But which one is the better movie? Mission Impossible, hands down. Sorry, sorry, Indiana. I love you, Indiana. But they did this movie so much better. And this is why I think Disney needs to stop fucking around with our childhood. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I don't know. I, I agree, man. This movie is awesome. Everybody go see this in the theater in Oppenheimer. Got to see those two movies. Well, Mike, there you go. Why don't you tell us about our movie for next week? We're going to go to the theaters again, and we're going to check out Christopher Nolan's latest film, Oppenheimer, the story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer. Mike, why don't why don't you give us a little bit of a little something something? Because you know all about this, right? Being an engineer. Um, I, I think, uh, I think I will be learning a lot about, uh, this particular character. Um, and I'm super excited cause Christopher Nolan makes wonderful movies. And I think this one's really going to be amazing. I think everyone in leaving the theater is going to be a little bit, uh, I don't know, stricken because, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's uh, so intense. I I don't know that that's that's what I want to say. But uh, you know, the development of the atomic bomb and how that went. I mean, pretty crazy, dude. Well, and good thing it's a short movie. It's only three hours long, so plenty of time to watch this one. Yeah, dude. I think I'm gonna have to get like a like a uh, what do um what do you. Maybe I'll get a catheter for it so I can, like, watch the whole thing. Or just Gatorade bottle. Oh, I guess that's a little bit less intrusive. I mean, it's up to you. If you want to go catheter, I mean, go for it. You know, they're they're always selling those guys on Fox News, so. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's well. Uh, I know that from uh, uh, John Oliver's uh, Tonight Show on HBO. He did a whole thing where he hired the actor and he like hired like the same company and everything to do like a spoof catheter commercial that they literally ran on Fox News. It was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I love John Oliver. That guy is always <laughs> so good. All right. Well, uh yeah. Um no, I look forward to this, man. This this, this is probably going to be the movie of the summer. Like I don't know just looks amazing it's definitely going to give uh, mission impossible a run for its money i would say to this point in my opinion i really really loved guardians of the galaxy um i would love to put that at the top of my favorite movie of the summer but uh, just based on my ratings dude i mean mission impossible dead reckoning part one is the movie of the summer so far for me all right and joyride well, joyride was hilarious guardians of the galaxy was fun i don't know there's been a lot joyride of great movies hilarious. this year 
Yeah, there's been some good ones, dude. But I think the one that's blown up the most for me is Mission Impossible. Yep. All right, Matt. What was I supposed to say? Oh, all right, all right, all right. I got it. I got it. <laughs> you remembered. Let's do it, Mike. Let's <laughs> do it. Take us out. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then uh, this message will self-destruct in five seconds. Boom. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. Welcome, everyone, to Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, episode 22. Um, oh, my gosh. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. I got it. Yay. Part I could have said one. number seven. What? Dead Reckoning, part one. Oh, part one. I left the part one out. Okay, I'm sorry. Oops. I'm glad you didn't even introduce me again, Ma. Like, do you even just not love me anymore? Is that what it is? Is Heather now your favorite? No, I hadn't gotten to you yet. Hey, hey, hey. Remember we discussed this. No more talking over each other. Okay. I'm not talking over you. This is going to be one for the books, people. One for the books. You know, podcasting, you're supposed to get better with more practice, not worse, Ma. I can't help it. I'm old. What can I say? Picture me as being a very unattractive, well, I am, I guess. Betty White, there you go. Okay. Yeah, but Betty White made it another 20 years over your butt. So you got a yeah, ways to go, lady. So you can't complain I, yet. Damn it. Okay, I do. I have more to go. Oh, You've got no. a lot more to go. So suck it up, buttercup. Okay. <laughs> anyway, onward to the movie, Matt. Well, no, we're not going to the movie. We're talking about the movie. We already went to the movie last week, and you saw it on freaking Tuesday. I saw it on Tuesday on XD and Tucson, and it was fantastic it was great what was so great about it because you sit here and you just say it's great what was great well you get to see tom cruise's butt yeah not really i mean well i could have i guess if i'd have focused on that but i did no i don't think i well yeah when he was on the motorcycle i did check that out i think but uh, no what how dare you Jesus, Ma. Jesus. Oh. Question. Mm-hmm. You're significantly older than Tom Cruise, and everybody keeps talking about how old Tom Cruise is in this movie. <gasps> is it still robbing the cradle if you go after that young man? Oh, absolutely it would. He's 20 years younger than I am. Oh, no, no. That would be robbing the cradle. Oh, I thought he did famously well for being 60 years old. Oh, yeah. Very good. Were you upset that you didn't get to do the jump in your wheelchair? 
No, I wanted to sit in his lap on the motorcycle. While he jumped off the mountain? Yeah. That would have been more fun. Than the movie? What? It would have been more fun than the movie or more fun than what? Well, just more fun than being in the wheelchair and, you know, parachuting down into the gully of Norway. You know, yeah. That wouldn't have been as much fun. I don't think they were in Norway, Ma, but okay. They filmed, the motorcycle jump was filmed in an area in Norway where they set up the ramp and everything, and that's where they practiced and practiced and practiced. How many so, times did he practice? Well, I heard one thing where he said he practiced 500 times. I don't know if it was that much, but it was over the span of a year. Maybe more than a year, I think. So he did 500 motorcycle jumps off of a mountain. Yeah, no, 500. That was the parachute practicing. I don't think he, well, no, he practiced with the motorcycle uh, just in that area. I think he said six or seven times he did that. So they did the jump according to all the things that I've watched of Mm -hmm. the people talking about it. They've, they, did the jump with the parachute opening six times? Uh, oh, no. No, they did it more than that. But No, the actual jump was, was six times, six according times? to okay. the stunt coordinator. I'm pretty sure oh. the guy that was there probably knew. Okay, since he was standing times. on the set and saying, this is how, ta- how many times we did this. Oh, all righty. Well, then, okay, that's what it was then. Yeah. Not hundreds of times. Oh, Well, but he practiced parachuting, whatever those big blue ones are called, and I can't remember. Anyway, mom, he's been parachuting for years. He's Tom freaking Cruise. Well, Tom freaking Cruise still said he practiced that. (gasps) You swore. You said the freaking word, ma. I know. (laughs) Oops. I'm going to have to put this podcast as explicit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, it was a gorgeous movie. Even the part where the, at the beginning, and at the beginning, you know, I'm like, uh, why is there a submarine? Why are they on a submarine? And, and, you know, then when it got blown up in the beautiful blue water and the bodies floating in it, that was really cool. Spoilers. Good God. Well, I am. Can't I spoil anything? Well, you if you're going to spoil stuff, you got to tell people you're going to spoil stuff. Okay. Ma Hinshaw, you, do you even listen to the podcast that precedes this? We have a whole section where we don't spoil a thing, and then we spoil the crap out of it after, you know, our what okay. are you drinking and what are you smoking and all that stuff. My whole thing is going to be spoiler then, because I'm going to say that I thought that was cool. But then when all of a sudden it comes up and he's riding a horse across the desert, I'm like, Am I in the correct movie? But it was cool. I mean, well, you clearly really fell asleep. Why? Because they no, tell you he's going to the desert. I know, but I'm saying, I thought, well, why would he be in the desert? You know, because the they explained the, it. He was looking for the uh, what's her face? Girl. Um, yes, right, Rebecca. Um, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. 
right. She's from Silo. She's from a bunch of other stuff. Absolutely. I know. But for some reason, my adulpated brain said, gee, why? What? You know, it was cool, though, and gorgeous, beautiful, lovely horses running across the desert, creating haboob. You know, it, it was very good. I liked that part. Christ, Ooh. now you're talking about boobs? Mom. Ha boobs. Ha boobs. That's dust blowing. I don't care if dust you laugh blowing. at boobs. Big, big bad dust things. Boobs? No. Ha boobs. Whatever. Ha <laughs> boobs. I go. Oh, what's the joke no, here? No. There are no boobs. Excuse me. This is a very appropriate movie. It was fine. Very interesting. They went to Italy, which was beautiful. And, and the car chase was just a riot. And uh, then they went to Venice, which was also very pretty. Okay, is that enough spoilers? I don't know. you. It's your podcast, Ma. I'm just along for the ride. Oh. Oh, and here's one thing I did check out. Because twice in Venice, he would be on the... Uh, porch looking out over Venice and there was this building in front of him that looked really really pretty and I'm like I wonder what that building is so I looked it up and it was built wait 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 hold on you're learning how to use the Google a little bit not much oh my god (laughs) it's a miracle I'm trying praise the lord praise haboobs Oh, stop that. That's a death storm. Anyway. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and it was built in 1345, and it was a doge's castle or or home or whatever, but it's just gorgeous, and it's still there, and it's, I guess, people go to Venice to see it. it. It's really, really pretty, and I thought that was a very interesting part of, uh, the travel that you do when you go and uh, all of Tom Cruise's movies go from country to country, I believe. I may be wrong there. I haven't really yeah, looked are. at all. Because he's Am been in a lot of movies that aren't, don't go all over the world. Well, Mission no. Impossible, multi-million dollar action thriller. Yes, it's expected. Well, that's right. And there, and he did it. You know, Do you think he, he went all over the world in Days of Thunder? Uh-oh, no. Or, well, Top Gun, too. Well, no, he went, he went, where did he go in Top Gun? There was, was it, I don't know, I can't remember where he went, but it was, uh, hmm. He was hmm. trying to find boobs. No, he was flying in a different country and all that, but I can't remember what country. That's okay. I'm old. Cut me some slack. Mom, they purposely were trying not to say that it was Russia, but it was basically Russia. Well, that's why I didn't know what it was. you know where they filmed it was Alaska. Oh, well, that's cool. So he didn't go all over the world, did he? Well, but Alaska's part of the world, you know. Yes, but that's not all over the world. It's the United States. He didn't go outside the U.S. for Top Gun. Oh, okay. Well, some of them then. But anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. So what is your favorite Tom Cruise movie then? 
gosh. Actually, I think it was this movie. This movie is your favorite Tom Cruise movie ever. Well, I think so. Of course, I don't know. I, I don't even, it's been so long since I've seen the first Mission Impossible. I don't know if that was my favorite. I don't Came remember. Came out in 1996. It wasn't that long ago. What? It's a I was in high ago. school. How old do you think I am? Old. It was a while ago. Oh, Christ. Did you just call me old? Okay. What was it? 24 years ago? That's a while. You're so mean right? to me. Why do I have to put up with these shenanigans <laughs> on Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, episode number 22? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, part one. It's a long title. I know, and I had to work really hard at that, and re- trying to remember. And then I got to where I said, okay, it's just number seven. <laughs> that was easier. But no, because they're going to have a Dead Reckoning 2 if they ever can make that movie. Who knows? We will see. Well, question, why isn't Eyes Wide Shut your favorite Tom Cruise movie? I mean, that thing is just littered with nudity and orgies. Nah, I wasn't that nuts about it, really. So this is your favorite Tom Cruise movie ever. Better than Tropic Thunder. I don't know. Did I see that one? I don't think so. It was Ben Stiller. No, Tom I never Cruise plays, plays the movie exec that dances. He has a bald cap on. It's hilarious. Nobody could even recognize it as Tom Cruise. No, tell me that movie again. I have to have, I have to go see that. What? 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 No. I never well, saw that. Now one. you probably aren't allowed to you know, watch it because of how much, uh, risque it is and against everything of our current society. But oh, yeah, that's Tropic not... Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Never saw it. Nope. Are you sure? Eyes wide shut. Yes. I saw eyes wide shut. Risky yes. business. Risky business. He was in that. I think so. I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe, I don't know. I can't go back that far, except I do remember that movie because it was one of your dad's favorites. Wonder why. Jerry Maguire? Mm-hmm. Ugh, no, I didn't like that one. Tropic Thunder was 2008. Never saw it. Nope. <laughs> How dare you? Yep. Yeah, Risky Business, 1983. He played Joel. See, I, I'm the one that still has his mind. You're the one that lost it. Hey, when you've gone through as many toils and troubles in your life with all your children, grandchildren, and whoever else, you know, you lose some of your memory there, but then you remember other stuff like, you know, 1945. But anyway. All I'm I'm hearing is wham, 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 don't do drugs, kids, because (laughs) it kills your brain. No, no, I'm not saying. I yes, I am saying that, but don't. But no. What What about interview with the vampire, Mom? In, well, I don't know if I saw that one either, but I usually do like the vampire movies. What I about Cocktail them. or Rain Man? <gasps> I liked Cocktail. I did like Cocktail. That was a big one. Good grief, that's really old. Here's one I never even knew he was in. He's uncredited. He was in Young Guns, the original. Really? 
Yeah, he was a he. I think he just did a stuntman bit. He's a henchman that gets shot off of a roof. Oh, I had no well, clue about that one. That's kind of cool. That sounds like his cup of tea. Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure that one out now. Oh, young guns! I wouldn't have known that. Oh, I did like cocktail though. That was that was cool. I like that. Oh, and there there's no six pack abs and no volleyball games with lots of oil on the six pack abs. None at all in this movie. So, so then, how is this your favorite movie? Because we all know how you like oiled up abs. Well. I don't know, but I like the story. I loved all the, you know, the car. Oh, the car chase was wild. I, well, I can name a lot of stuff. I really thought it was very, very good. I was surprised, too, because I thought, oh, another Mission Impossible. Eh, you know, but it turned out that I, I really liked it. So what Chopper, about Edge of Tomorrow or Oblivion or Jack Reacher? Or American Made. I mean, Mom, I can do this all day. Don't do it all day because I probably haven't seen many of them, okay? I think you have seen them. I think, you know, that part of your brain is slowly being eradicated by your brandy. Oh, it might be. You know, you never know. Okay, so I am done rambling with you and your shenanigans. Or what else are you going to talk about on Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies for the, the latest Mission Impossible 7? Well, the cinematography was just really, really great. It was good. Um, the oh, sh- I can't. Should I? Oh, you almost cussed fact, again. Should I mention the very Jesus. last uh, the thing that happens in the movie, or is that a spoiler too? I'm sure it's a spoiler, but it's your movie. I mean, what a movie! It's your ding dang dong <laughs> podcast. You do what you want. I'm just a slave to the editing for you. The train, the train episode. Oh my gosh. Going over the edge. And I mean, the white widow and um, was it Rebecca that was on the train or was it? No, Rebecca Ferguson died. No, it was, it It was was Haley Atwell played Atwell, AKA Grace. Right. Right. It was Haley. That was on the tr- shit. Whoa. Well, whoa. Super gutsy. And she had so many guts. What? You just said shit. I did not. Yes, you did. Well, whatever. Exit out, people. There. Ma, do you think that Haley Atwell will ever become one of my future ex-wives? Ooh, I would love that. I would think she's really neat. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think uh, I'm in her caliber of wheelhouse, but uh, maybe one day. Probably not. Well, who knows? We could hope. Not unless I change my last name to Bezos. Bezos? Really? Oh, my goodness. Well, well if I'm Jeff Bezos and I have a gajillion dollars, maybe she'll notice me. She might. That would be a good thought. But she was really good in that movie. Really, really good. All the way through. You know, and that was especially exciting. Did you recognize the um, the uh, almost like John Wick inspired character Paris, the uh, the Asian young lady with the sword fighting skills and the she's kind of like a villain. No, you didn't recognize her. No, she plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Really? Yep. She plays Mantis? Really? Yep. Oh, for goodness sakes. No, I didn't recognize her. I'm sorry, okay. whoever you are. Palm anyway. Clementieve. She's French, oh. I believe. Yes, it sounds French to me. Pray beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what else are you going to add about Mission Impossible? So to enthrall our listeners and keep them tuned to your podcast as we cross the 20 minute mark. Well, I think it was Vanessa that played the white widow. Yes. Vanessa Kirby. She was really, uh, vicious and snarly. And uh, because she, you know, she was in the car chasing. That was just so crazy. But anyway, and she played a very bad lady, but she was very good. And I would look forward to watching her, too. So she's a good, bad person? She's a very good, bad person. Yes. Vanessa, kudos. Yes. You know, do you watch The Crown at all? No, I have. Uh-uh. No, she's in The no. Crown. Is she? Yeah, that's <gasps> what she's known for. And she's so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. But she was evil. Yes. Very evil. Okay, Ma, I can't take it anymore. How many reels do you give? Not reels. Damn it. That's my thing. Ma, <laughs> cookies. how many cookies? How many cookies for Mission Impossible? I gave it five cookies. Five I cookies. Said, this is a must-see, yeah. don't-miss movie, is, best yes. Mission Impossible movie yes. to date. Yep. Go and see it. And see it large so that you can feel like you're riding on the motorcycle with Tom Cruise when he jumps off the cliff. It'll be a blast. So what do you think about us getting t-shirts made of you jumping your wheelchair off of a mountain with a parachute that says Ma Henshaw's number one fan? No, please. No, no. Oh, I'm going to get about a dozen of these things made and I'm going to ship them out all over the country. Oh, no, you're not. And nobody would even know who I was. And no, thank you. Ma, I've, I've already had orders. Oh, dear. That's I've already horrible. had orders. No. no. <laughs> oh, should, I, should I call up my buddy Dave Beatty? He'll take care of it. Nope. 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 World famous yeah, comic book artist Dave Beatty. I know. Dave, don't do it. Don't All do right. it. I won't make any more cookies. Nope. That's Quit fine. It. You're not giving him any cookies anyways. You haven't given me cookies. I'm your own damn child. I know I haven't. I haven't made any cookies. Oh dear. That's bad, isn't it? Okay. Okay. For next week, we're going to go watch another three hour long movie with Oppenheimer. Ah, Ooh. Three hours. Wow. Are you excited? I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I am. I'm looking forward to it. Do you want me to tell you a spoiler? Okay. They create the nuclear bomb. Oh, come on. I knew that. <laughs> okay, here's here's the real spoiler that I think is going to blow your mind. According to several several reviews and things I've read online, there's a 15-minute long sex scene <gasps> where you see everything. Oh, no. I'm not sure you're old enough to that. go see this movie. No, I don't think I'm old enough. I really don't. No. Mm-mm. Well, Ma, how about this? You go watch Barbie. We'll go watch Oppenheimer. Okay. 
No, fine. That's a deal, except I'm going to Oppenheimer Thursday. Oh, my goodness. And my grandson's taking me. That's bad. It's going to be embarrassing. Awkward. It's going to be very awkward. Yes. You're going to have to cover his eyes. Ooh, it's R-rated? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, back in that, well, I don't know. See, I, no, I wasn't. Yes, I was alive. I okay, might have been folks, free. this is my mom trying to think. That's what all this, um, <laughs> oh, no, that's what this, oh, yeah, sure. McGillicuddy. That's, that's my mom's it. brain processing. That's it. Warning people, if you get this old, your brain will do it too. Yeah, it's like okay. it's like a flip phone. Like it still works, <laughs> but should you really be using it? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I'm old enough, I know. I remember the good old days, so okay, I'll go. <sighs> well, were you there when they exploded the first nuclear bomb, Mom? Let's see. When did they drop that? Let's see. My husband's three older than I. No, I was I was alive I, because I was born in forty two and they dropped the bomb in forty five. So, well, I think this is when they dropped the bomb, like on a country. But what about the testing bomb? Well, I don't know when they tested it. I was a little young, you know. Well, you should remember these things. Three years old, I ain't remembering much from that way back. You know, well, no. mom, I know you don't even remember what you had for breakfast this morning, but still, I you do, can do it. I didn't eat breakfast. <laughs> See? Okay. You don't remember it if you didn't eat it. Oh, wait. I did, too. That was yesterday. Today, I had breakfast. Oh, okay. Well, anyhow. <laughs> again, folks, again, riveting podcasting here. Did it is riveting. Uh, it's uh, Yes. I just worried about the fallout when they used to practice uh, the bombs in Nevada and stuff. I always was worried about the radiation floating into Arizona when I was a kid. You well, know, it did. I know people that died of it. We had a city councilman die of that because he was here when they were doing it. Really? My goodness. Yeah. I was in Phoenix when they were doing it. And I was always scared, you know, that that stuff would float. How dare they? But anyway, they did it. And my uncle was one of the military folk that were watching it. And yes, he had a very, he died very early. Well, not way early, but pretty early too from uh, the effects of that test and everything. Yep. Wasn't too good. Well, anyway, that's all the information I have in this cracked brain. It's definitely cracked. Yes, it is. Okay. All right, Ma, are you done with your podcast? Yes, I am finished. Do you want go me to take to it, it out? Movie. Or do you want to yes. take it out? It's your no, you pod. Take it out. No, you take it out and go to a big, huge movie to watch this. Just one mm -hmm. movie? What if they have multiple screens? Do you have to go find another theater? Uh, I don't know. I one really big one would do. Okay. And sit in the front. Sit in the front so you can be on that train or on that motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Did you sit in the front? Yep. No, you didn't. I did too. I was one row from the screen. No way. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was. That's crazy. Oh, it was really neat. Oh yeah. 
So, fun, fun all right. Time. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm trying to end this thing because, you know, she told me, oh, no, no, we'll make it nice and short and sweet. That was, uh, you know, how long did you say you were going to do the podcast for, Mom? 15 minutes. No. You no. said you were going to keep it short and sweet to five minutes. Oh, five minutes. Oops, I did. I went over. Uh, uh, yeah, you went over by a smidge. Like <laughs> 25 minutes. Oh, no. Okay. Jesus. Oh, dear. Honestly, I oh, don't know how edit. people listen to this banter. Cut it out. Cut, cut all the... I don't have out. the time! Okay, well, I'm so- sorry about that. Well, you need to learn to self-edit, you crazy old bat. Self-edit. Okay. I'll try. I'll practice self-editing. Bye, everyone. From Mahincha. <laughs> That's how you're going to end the podcast. Bye, everyone. From Mahincha. Well... No, you said you were going to end it. Well, would you like me to? Or are we going to keep chatting? Of course. You No, you end it. Oh, Lord. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to another astounding <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by Drowning Nerd Productions, a.k.a. <laughs> Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, episode number 22, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, part one. Anyways, that's what I call the production company, by the way, Ma, if you never knew that. We call it no, Drowning Nerd Productions. It's pretty funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, Anyways, So, yeah, I, I don't know why it's a productions. It should just be Matt, but whatever. Anyways, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, again, I don't know how many more times I can apologize for this, but I really am sorry that this is now recorded and will be out in perpetuity for the rest of the world. But it is what it is. Uh, Ma, thank you for allowing me to be on your wonderful pod. And uh, everyone, don't forget to like, subscribe, share. I would set up social media for Ma Hinshaw, but I have a hard enough time doing this with her, let alone Twitter <laughs> and all that other stuff. Although she does have a Twitter. Believe it or not, Ma Hinshaw does have a Twitter. She has never checked it, but she has one. I do have one. Now if I could remember how to check it. <laughs> yeah, it's Graham Graham SV. Really? Oh, that's neat. Yeah, they probably deleted it by now, though, because, I mean, I think I made it like 10 years ago by now. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, for those of you who are really bored, go tweet at her. She won't respond, and she won't even know she got it. But, hey, she does have one. So, And she is on Facebook. I tagged her once. I don't know if she saw it and put it on her Facebook, but I doubt it. But anyways, enough of that. Uh, social medias, blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, Real Film Nerds, I started a thread on there. Whatever the hell that new Facebook thing is that's like competing with Twitter and it's Instagram, whatever. I started one of those. Follow us, I guess, if you want. I don't know. If not, whatever. But thanks, everyone, for listening. We will regrettably chat with you next week. Bye. <laughs>